Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm Lynn Cullen. Great to be with you. It's uh, February 12th, um, and it's, it's raining. It won't stop raining. I guess that's better than snow. And Susan, I just heard you snort. Susan? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I was about to say that it's a beautiful day here. The mountains are pink on the bottom and white on the top. How nice. I thought, though, California was getting hit with monsoon-like uh, weather. Oh, yeah, most of it is. But, you know, Not if you. you're sitting in the basin of the Chokela Valley, yeah. um, uh, the, the mountains that surround it, hold the weather back so although not it's been very cold and one of the reasons it's cold is because there's so much snow from those storms on these mountains i've never seen it so far down the mountains and all the air that comes over it is cooled by the snow, snow on the mountains and yeah. it's keeping yeah cool so it's it, well, i hope it warms yeah, up it, before i come is it going to warm up in the next well not it's okay It'll be it'll be warm enough. Don't worry about it. Yeah, whatever it is. But bring a but bring a fleece <laughs> and, and some socks. <laughs> okay, all right, we'll do. Yeah. We'll do. Okay, well, uh, I I want to start with something that's just totally neither here nor there, but is a question that just made me sick, and I I want to ask you. For some reason, this is a question that was posed to the readers of the New York Times Magazine and you could respond online, and uh, thousands of people did. <laughs> and it was one of those, would you rather this or would you rather that? I mean, those questions are invariably, you know, no, I'll take a bullet instead. But he here it is. Would you rather have permanently slippery feet or permanently sticky hands forever? God, well, what sort of torture is this? I know! Uh, Who came up with such a disgusting question? Permanently slippery feet? Yes. Okay, well, then I would parse it this way. If my feet bare were permanently slippery, I could fix that by putting on a sock and a shoe, which would fix that problem. So I'll pick slippery feet. Well, that's what I decided, but then I wondered if that was cheating, if somehow... There no, it's not no cheating. Way Did to... they say? No, they didn't say. I mean, say... I'd rather have sock shoes on my feet. Right, right. And and and, and, if... and sit on a right and sit in the shower, than have sticky hands. Even though I could wear gloves. But here's the thing. I still here's rather. Thing. Yeah. I was thinking, even if you couldn't put socks on, that that was, I would still take the slippery feet, because sticky hands is to me the I couldn't live. I couldn't eat. With well, I agree hands. with you. I mean, I, I, I just, there's somebody. more ways that, there's more ways to make yourself safe with slippery feet. I mean, I, I agree right. with you. I would rather walk around with a walker. Exactly right. That's what and I thought. Stabilize with my hands I'll get a and walker. have clean, usable hands, then worry about my feet. 
Well, we came out in the minority, not by not much, but uh, the people who, who uh, answered the question for the time said 52% said they'd take sticky hands. 48% uh, said slippery feet. It's pretty much a draw. But um, who would come up with a question like that? And why is that in the New York Times? Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it either. And it upset me. Just the whole thinking about it. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, I remember Sam saying, who would you rather have sex with? Um, <laughs> uh, Mussolini. Yeah, right. Or... No, it was, it was, it was, um, why am I stopping? Why am I getting messed up with Simpson? Um, you know, um, the Simpson. Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson, or the guy from Family, the Family Guy. Do you know him? Yeah. The big well, no, I, the cartoon. You know, There's a cartoon. Being an adult woman, I can just say no. <laughs> no, you see, these are the things with these questions. You can't. Anyway, I picked, I picked Homer. That's how horrible that one was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Who would you rather have sex with? <laughs> if you had to spend the rest of your life in a 12 by 16 foot room with this person or that person, which, you know, and I, I mean, invariably, as I said, the answer to the question is I'd kill myself. That's all. Right. What difference <gasps> does it make? <laughs> okay. So, um,. I think some of the best news that came out today so far is uh, that uh, Mark Kelly, the astronaut and uh, husband of, of Congresswoman Gabby Giffords, uh, says he will be running for the U.S. Senate against that awful Republican, Martha McSally, who was appointed to fill the... So she's got to run soon. I guess it's maybe 2020. So that's a potential pickup. Well, you know, I thought this was sort of old news. Didn't he say he was going to run a long time ago? I don't know. I think he was mulling it. He's in now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I read that this morning, too, but I, that was my reaction. I felt like that was old news. Somebody had been talking about this for a while now. Well, I don't know. So he is running, and he has. he just announced. Good. He, ju he just announced Yeah, this well, morning. I've always liked him. Yeah. Me too. Good guy. Definitely better than Martha McSally, and maybe we're looking at a pickup there. Uh, uh, gee, that'd be amazing. Arizona would have two. How, how could you vote against a brave, a brave patriot astronaut who has stood by his almost murdered wife and nursed her back to health with tender, loving... I mean, what more do you need to know about a human being about and his him. value system right. than what this man put on display for Americans daily before he decided to give us some more? Right. I absolutely agree. I mean, he's just hands down, yes. And then, of course, there was... I, I did not watch or want to subject myself to the, the, the uh, rally in El Paso uh, yesterday, but I have seen little snippets from it, and Susan, it's, 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 your blood runs cold with with some of it. 
the 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 crowd, the mob, the um, the absolute propagandistic lies he's oh, spewing. Uh, the only thing I heard him say, Lynn, the only thing I heard him say, and I, I thought I was going to throw up was something about, do you want to let kidnappers in? They want kidnappers in. And I'm going, really? You kidnapped. He's trying to tell. Yeah, he's the kidnapper. Excuse me for interrupting. Quite literally. Yeah. Kidnapper. I mean, if anybody's napping kids, it's on his orders. Wow. And and then, I don't know if you saw the video. I mean, some BBC uh, photographer got attacked. Um, no, he, I, could, well, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. Well, right after he had gotten done doing his whipping the crowd up about media, uh, this BBC guy who was you know, there doing his job, he had his camera trained on the on on the stage, gets blindsided, knocked, and you see his the BBC put up his video. All of a sudden, bang, the stage goes upside down. And um s- some guy came and, you know, because he was just clocked him. Yeah, because he Trump had gotten his blood going. Well, did they get that they arrest the person? Well, he was jumped on by another reporter, and uh, who was a big guy, and then uh, he got um, handed over to security. I have not heard, but of course he should be, and I would think the BBC would be uh, pressing would press charges. Pressing yeah. charges. Uh, meanwhile, while he's inciting people to violence and talking about how. Um, how Northam says it's okay for a baby to be born, to be wrapped up in its swaddling, um, to for its parents to hold the child, and then for the doctor to uh, summarily execute the baby. Murder it. Yeah, he said right, that. Right, right, right. Then right. he said... Okay, well, right. <laughs> he said, we have 35,000 people here tonight. And outside with Beto O'Rourke, he has 200, maybe 300. That's what he said. Okay, 35,000 people, he said, he had. Beto had 200 to 300. Here's what the El Paso police said. El Paso police said, the Coliseum Trump spoke in holds 6,500, and that's how many were allowed in the building. He made 6,535,000, <laughs> and they estimated okay. O'Rourke's crowd outside at ten to 15,000, twice the size of Trump's. And he, Trump and the President of the United States reported ten to 15,000 people as 200 to 300. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, well, we started from the moment of his inauguration. The biggest crowd ever. I, I, I just, I don't know, Susan. I, it's just, it's still unbearable that this. It's unbearable, but I would just like to tell you and just redirect all of our anger all right. at a Congress that sits by 
and lets this man continue to do this. Yeah. The American people not a Congress, the their Republican power Party in these what? people in the Republican Party. It's you're not right, the in the Republican yeah. Party. Yeah. So but the Democrats, you know, I know that we're supposed to be all reasonable and wait, not concentrate on impeachment and everything. But fuck that. <laughs> we gotta save our country. We gotta get this asshole out of there. I mean now. It really, really is amazing. I've been sitting on some old news for a long time. I mean, here while we while we go on, um, and again, this is old news. I, I I I put this up. This is over two weeks old. It's just a little thing that I thought I should share with you, so you'd know what Trump is up to that doesn't get much attention. But um, you know, remember his Interior uh, Department Secretary Zinke. He he the the one yep. who rode yeah. rode to Trump's inaugural oh, rode to his first day of work. I'm a stallion. And also insisted <laughs> that when he was there at the at the Interior Department in D.C. that like this special flag would be raised on the thing saying you know like when the Queen is in residence they put up a special. Yeah flag. right right was yeah. he the, was he the one with the phone booth? No no that was Pruitt. Both of them are gone. I mean, both of those crooks. I just want to know how these folks think these things up. I don't know. About what they want. I don't know. I mean, you and I were supposed to, as little girls, be sitting around thinking about how we wanted to be Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and imagine the, the fairy godmother coming in and dressing us in gorgeous dresses, and then we were to imagine ourselves walking down the aisle to our Prince Charming. That's what we were tasked with dreaming of as children. What were these two dreaming of? I'm going to sit in my castle and fly my flag after I ride in on my stallion. I'm going to build myself a phone booth in the middle of my office. That'll cost a million dollars, and I'll only use it once. Um... Okay, so Zinke, yeah, I mean, really. Zinke has ridden off into the sunset, not by his own, uh, you know, he, he's, he's been shoved out now, too, and is facing all kinds of uh, ethical uh, violations. He got run out of town by the sheriff. Yeah. 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 So who? here's always the problem. Who's replacing him? I mean, who replaces Zinke? Who replaces Pruitt? And in every case, they're worse. Because, and we don't even know their names. And they're worse because... They just install someone who's not as, not as flashy, not going to draw attention, but is going to just quietly sit at their desks and destroy everything that their department is supposed to protect. So, who now will be the Interior Secretary? Because, the, because with the Republican Senate, that he will be confirmed if he hasn't already. This guy named David Bernhardt, and guess what he is? He is uh, I don't know. before interior. Who would it be? It would be, of course. It's got to be someone that, that that that's despoiling the earth in some exactly way. Exactly right. Is he, is he? Is he? Is he like a sale oil guy or something? He is one of the <laughs> most long-term and uh, and really good uh, lobbyists who help orchestrate the push to expand oil and gas drilling. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I knew it had to have something to yeah, do well, with Yeah, of course. Yeah. So now that's the guy who is tasked with protecting the environment when all he really cares about is exploiting it and destroying it. It's said that he had, when he was appointed to the number two position under Zinke, someone said, uh, uh, someone said he, had, he had so many potential conflicts of interest that he had to carry a small card listing them all and initially had to recuse himself from uh, almost every matter that came in front of them because they affected no fewer than 26 former clients of his. And now he's in, he's in charge. Oh. Uh, I, I, I could go on. You don't want to know. It is, it, it, he's, he's capable. This is the scary part. Zinke was a showboat and an idiot. This guy, like the guy who's taken over from Pruitt, these are capable guys who don't draw attention. So that's the scary part. And then there was another one, and I can't find it. Oh, here it is. <laughs> the World Bank. Do you remember? You know, the World Bank needs a new head. And, right. Uh, and <clears throat> did, you, did you see that? We thought it was going to be Ivanka for a I while. I know. Ivanka Trump's <laughs> name came, and not only that, there were more absurd names being floated. I don't even know if she was the most absurd. This is the damn World Bank that, for some reason, the United States gets to install the presidents of the International Monetary Fund, on the other hand, the Europeans have control of who heads it. Who knows? Okay, so you want to know who uh, Trump has decided? Um, <laughs> I'm waiting with bated breath. All right. <laughs> um, actually, uh, it's a bank or robber. Bad breath. No, it's, a, it's a guy who served time for bank robbery. No, I'm I'm kidding. Um, this is uh, you know the World Bank is essentially uh, lends money to um, for development uh, uh, all all over the world. And um, this guy he appointed is a veteran of the Reagan administration who has been a constant constant uh, opponent of the world of the World Bank, and he. He is known for expressing skepticism of global institutions. Um, this is the guy he puts in uh, in charge of the World Bank. Mm -hmm. Now, how? His name is Malpass, senior Treasury Department official. Um, and he does not, this is what Republicans do. You put people in who do not agree with the mission. It's... Okay, Susan. Uh-huh. Bezos. Um, yeah. What I said when, I, when this news story broke uh, last week was the thing most shocking to me is, wait a minute, 
Do you mean a grown man, the world's richest guy? Is taking pictures of his pecker and sending him to pecker? Yeah. Well, I don't think he exactly <laughs> but exactly right. Well, they ended up in Pecker's hands. I know, taking pictures of his Pecker that Pecker could easily get at. Right. And I thought... You know, if... if well, yeah. I, you know, but I, I thought to myself, wait a minute. I... I... You mean, this is... Why do such pictures exist, folks? I thought it was just something <laughs> kids did, and maybe like Brett Favre and, 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 and Wiener, you know. But it turns out... Uh, wait, I got a, there was an article and I want to tell you, I have been, uh, I have been told otherwise. Um, it turns out that it's far more common (laughs) than, uh, most of us realize. And lest you think that this is only something adolescents and college students, uh, do, uh, you are incorrect. And it turns out studies have shown that it's just this huge number of people. And especially if someone's cheating on somebody, this is a way to establish intimacy when they're stuck with their legal partner and can't be with. And here's a psychology professor at Purdue. It's a way to establish intimacy with a partner, to tell them you're having sexual thoughts about them, to convey sexual plans that you might have with them later on. This is all part of the normative sexual experience now. Well, not mine. Me either. And it says more than 80% of You know, it's only normative if you say it's normative. It's not normative. It's stupid. It's wrong. It's narcissistic. And I don't know. Maybe women don't do it as much because our, you know, genitalia is hidden. But, I mean, men, if that's what you want to do is sit around and admire your junk, well, okay. Probably needed to be breastfed longer. I don't know what else to say about that. Okay, but the psychology professor from Purdue says that more than 80% of young American adults have sent or received an explicit message or photo. 80%. I mean, I don't even understand. I don't even understand that. I can't. I can't stand the way I look in a picture fully clothed. I can't imagine. <laughs> You, you know, I mean, maybe it's because you cut off your head and you think your body looks better without it. I don't know. But I did, the, the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. Not, and I mean, from the get-go, but then when you realize that absolutely nothing is private and that even Jeff Bezos, or maybe especially Jeff Bezos, is going to get, you know, the photos stolen and they're going to be public, and is that really what you want it's you know funny. if you want to see me naked come on over I'll take off my clothes I ain't taking any pictures you know because nothing I mean if anyone should know not it will become public why would and 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 this article goes on to say that Bezos's response also shows 
that it is normative enough now that he says, go ahead, print them, because I'm not backing down. So people feel like, yeah, so what? There's, people aren't even embarrassed anymore. And here's well, I think people are, right, people don't care about what the subject matter is anymore, clearly. Look at our president. We are a very shoulder-shrugging populace at this point. God almighty. And this other shrink type says, she, this woman has researched sexting and bullying. Those are her things. She says, very powerful people, like Bezos, feel protected and that they're so high up that nothing will happen to them. Um, they, they're, his, his life is so fantastic and unreachable, it feels like it's outside the atmosphere of normal life. Uh, and in fact, researchers what? say that people who feel as if they have irrevocable power are significantly more likely to make risky decisions because, yeah... What are you going to do to me? So what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. I, I, that I absolutely agree with. And we've got living proof of it playing out across our <clears throat> headlines daily. Not only Bezos. I mean, all of the, this whole white-collar mafia crew that we're sending off to jail with great regularity as a result of the Mueller probe. I mean, what is this an example of except for people who are playing on a playing field that they think is floating above the law. That's right. It doesn't apply to me. And for somebody it like Donald Trump, that has always I'm, been the case. For Donald Trump, he has never had And it continues to, to be, be the case. That's right. And I was actually thinking today on my way here, is this guy going to actually end up never really paying for this. Others will take the fall, as they always have for him, and he will somehow ride off, you know, to his mind, unscathed. Well, if I, he goes away unpunished, then I'm going to take it upon myself, and I hope that every caring, patriotic American does it with me, that every time you see that human being out in public, and anybody does, you throw your shoes at him, you spit at him, you you know, you, you groan, you snort, you, you do whatever you can to let him know what a piggy he is. He isn't forgiven. Yeah, but then he can, Susan, he is, he is capable of just uh, going off to uh, Mar-a-Lago behind gated Well, if he, wants to, if he wants to imprison himself someplace, that's fine. Go away. I'd rather have him in jail. I want the whole bunch of them in jail, and then I want us all to ring around the prison and think, locked, we locked them up. <laughs> oh, God. That's what this little girl sits around and fantasizes about, that pulling off his, you know, fingernails and toenails. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Hey, let me do a little interlude here and and remind people about the August Wilson Cultural Center, okay? 
Okay, yeah. Where, where I'm sure. That's a great segue. Yeah, yes, where I'm sure that, you know, that dealing with, you know, you know, the, the kinds of issues that, that make us all crazy um, is, is something that is fodder for so many artists who show up at the August Wilson Center. Um, for, for that matter, the Black Bottom Film Festival, which is going to be going on there, focuses on all that kind of, you know, Susan's talking like vengeance. And, and uh, the, the Black Bottom Film Festival, of course, will talk about uh, conflict, uh, the, the movies in it, and, and honor and duty and struggle and, and all of the things that August Wilson's plays talked about. And they're going to do workshops. If you're interested in getting into film in some way, they're going to have uh, workshops to inspire you and uh, educate you. Uh, the August Wilson uh, Center is just a jewel of uh, in in the theater district here. And um, I'm I'm aiming to get you all to if you have not taken advantage of this to just go to the website that's all just check them out and see what's happening i was saying the other yesterday after the grammys you want grammy award winners they bring them in constantly constantly okay and gregory porter i said two-time grammy award winner uh, he, he's coming on the 17th. I won't be here. I'm going to be, I'm going to be where Susan is looking at them mountains. But there are constantly incredible musicians, dancers, artists, thinkers, authors coming in. And it's sitting there for you. August Wilson Cultural Center. That's all I want to say. Thank you. Okay, Susan. Um... What else? What else? Um, oh, did you see the, the congressman who, um, who was so supportive of the Iraq war that he insisted that the house cafeteria get rid of French fries because the French didn't support us, and they were called Freedom Fries? Remember that? Yes, I remember the Freedom Fry guy. <laughs> he also, I did not know, they got less attention than the Freedom Fries, but he also insisted that the French toast become Freedom Toast. Well. No, has it been? Has it has it gone? Has it reverted now? Yes, I I believe it's uh, it is now um, back to f French fries and French toast. I'm not sure, but what's interesting about this guy? So this is a North Carolina Republican who was just so so uh, supportive of that war that you know he went crazy and did the freedom fry thing. And then, right, right, right. As, and now, and then as the war went on, he started getting freaked, and he ended up his the moment he says did it to him is he went to a funeral at Camp Lejeune for a 31 year old Marine sergeant who'd been killed, and this was in 2003, while he was trying to evacuate his wounded comrades. And the congressman was there and watched the young widow and her three young children. And he cried all the way home. 
Um, bet. The whole way home, he said, 72 miles. I was thinking about what I had just witnessed. I think God intended for me to be there. He began, he vowed that he would write the relatives of every service member killed in Iraq and Afghanistan one letter at a time and tell them that he had been wrong and he was asking God and them to please forgive me for my mistake. He hung posters of the faces of all those who had died all along the hallway leading to his office on Capitol Hill. He said, Dick Cheney will rob. Remember that his actions had consequences? Um, Dick Cheney, um, he said, will rot in hell. He, this was a conservative Republican, the, the idiot who did freedom fries. And again, we've been talking this week about can people change? Can people grow? Yes. Can people, can people, you know, and this is an argument that your mother and I have been having and our mother and I have been having about Omar. Yes. Um, yes. Because I do think she's coming from a place of parroting what she's heard and not understanding I agree the code in which she's speaking. I agree with you. And and I, and I am willing to give her the time she needs to, to walk her learning curve because I believe that I am truly watching her walk it. I agree with you. And I'm I, glad you I'm said that. I'm absolutely happy to give somebody time to learn and grow. Exactly. I'm absolutely, especially when they say, give me that time, I am trying, which is exactly what she's saying. What she has said. Yeah, I think this is a young, she's so young. And she's, she's so been, young. She thinks and, she knows certain things. She's been told certain things. And she's finding out that she didn't know as much as she knew. And I have a sense, yes, I agree with you, Susan. I, at this point, am quite willing to watch her grow because I have a sense that she will. Um, but yeah, we, I do, too. We, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But this is... And well, this, and, and, and let me... Just underline, and it's, it's not my only my thought. Believe me, I've read it plenty of places. But I don't want to hear a word about any Republican has to say about this woman. You Damn you right. clean out the white nationalists and the anti Semites from among your administration and its and its mouthpieces and its alliances, and then you can come and talk to us Democrats. Okay. Otherwise, shut up. Thank you, Susan. We have a caller. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Okay. Uh, um, you were talking about uh, Trump having something happened to him for what he's done and all that. I'm still waiting for them to take care of George W. I don't. People just get warm and fuzzy with him. I still think a lot of them should be in prison. I say that all the time. It would stop this shit that's going on right now. I know I repeat this a hundred times, but 
if you, you let that go on, then that's what we have now. We have the same old thing going on all over the world in different countries. Yeah. Because we didn't do nothing to him. Well. We uh, just keep lowering the uh, bar. Uh, look, I mean, history will take note of of him. Mm-hmm. And pretty much how he abdicated much of his presidency to his vice president, um, and to the, I mean the whole, Don Rumsfeld, and those awful neocons, and the whole bunch of them, they created such a mess. Yeah, to this day, for the rest of our lives, we'll be, we'll be dealing with it. Uh, there's no doubt. Yep. I just don't think that George W. by nature is an evil man. He never should have been president of the United States. He should have been maybe stupid sitting on his ranch and being a guy. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's too stupid he's, to be president. Whatever. Well, parent, no, Donald Kind of like the guy we have in there now. There's there the, yeah. That literally when you were growing <clears throat> up and and you were told anybody in the United States can become president, that's the greatness of our country. Donald Trump Trump has proven that and um yeah, you can be the village idiot and be president of the United States. So thank you. Appreciate the call. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. But I, you know, I, I also agree. If unless if 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 we allow the people that we elect to run roughshod over our laws to really, in effect, be the cause of the death of its own sons and daughters. Then uh, and we do nothing about it. Then why should they think that there's any consequence to such behavior? That is correct. That I mean, yeah. Which brings things back to the we the people. <laughs> uh, we the people have blood on our hands. We the people and our media, which couldn't wave the flag more than I mean we we just we I don't know I keep going back to something Chris Potter said we are unserious people living in very serious times so for those of you who've done your tax returns I just want to say I (laughs) this might do in the Republicans more than anything else Um, millions of Americans well sure have you done your tax return Lynn no why? Well, I I got I I um, <laughs> frequently ask uh, in December for a quick review of everything that because I have a good idea of what my years look like and make sure that I'm not going to get any surprises in a few months. And um, you know, all those people that are paying for the tax, you know, for the tax break to the rich, it's that's. That's true. That's it. You are your your refund ain't there. And by George, I don't know as much. Oh, because you got money. You don't. Know uh, well, much. because because I am invest because w- what money I have because is in of, the right places uh, is in the right places. Okay, wait a minute. So I saw a woman on the news last night. I think she was in upstate New York. Maybe. She has 
always paid attention because she budgets. And she was so blindsided what happened to her this year after the great Republican tax uh, plan. She last year got $10,000 refund, a $10,000 refund. This year was exactly like last year. She figured she was budgeting for a $10,000 refund. You know what happened? She owes $10,000. And the reason she owes the $10,000 is because she has very high state property uh, and, taxes. Uh, property That's taxes. Right. That's and right. and they are not deductible over ten thousand dollars anymore. That's Boom, right. you're gone. That's right. And 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 in my case, I can you know it's like I need to give my children some money because it's coming straight out of their paychecks. What I'm not paying. There are so many people Ridiculous. who are going to be stunned, especially people who live in places with high property taxes. Charitable contributions are not as... All of the things that allowed people to sort of tamp down what they owed, uh, a lot of them are gone. And Well, uh, the things that allowed middle-class people to live in urban areas. Yeah. If you can't deduct the property taxes in urban areas, you're really up the creek without a paddle. See, because what you cities don't... are very expensive. Right. There's a limit now, and that's what people maybe are, this is what they didn't realize. There's a limit on property and local income tax deductions. Um, also, there's a difference in withholding. I mean, what, if you were withholding what you had been, I mean, people are going to get hit, really hit. Um, I, I, I mean, reading all of these people who voted for Trump, it feels like a scam, I can't believe it's a, such a shock. Well, I hope, the average they, tax, I hope they can hold on to that feeling until November. That's all I have to say. Yeah, well, a year from November. The average tax refund check is down 8% this year. The average, that's what the IRS is saying. The number of people receiving a refund so far has dropped by almost 25%. This is Republicans taken care of you and they won't they, I, 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 if this doesn't start to turn those people I don't know what does what does God almighty all right Susan hey I got other stuff here, but it's all it's all depressing. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I'm really um I'm I I can barely force myself to read or look. It it mostly because I feel like I'm reading the same thing every day, so it, it I I can't even tell if it's new news. I know, it's just right, it just keeps coming. Oh, here's something I want to talk to you about. And uh, someone wrote me a long email reminding me of this. I have you seen? I mean, I haven't seen them for a while. Have you seen any of these? Uh, I don't. I think I've seen them on the ra hearing them on the radio or something. These 
ads about John Boehner, who's now like a big mucky muck in uh, with some of these people, capitalists who are cashing in on um, on legalized marijuana. Have, he, he's giving. I've, I've read about this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, he is. Boehner is now, along with a bunch of other white guys, just making tons of money on legal marijuana. And this is so repulsive to me. Boehner while he had power in the Congress, made sure that any black person or any non-rich person who tried to make a little bit of money off of selling marijuana would rot for the rest of their natural lives in prison. Has he apologized for that? Has he tried to make amends? No, he's just cashing in now because he can cash in. And the letter writer, named also Susan, reminded me that uh, it was the, the mayor of, uh, of New York who, who pointed out that there is something so obscene about this that it is beyond belief. And he said that any of the money that is coming in now because of marijuana being legal should go to the African-American community. Let's give black people all those jobs and let them profit and, from it. That it's going to the very white men who criminalized it in the first place is so repulsive. Well, it is, this is capital. Now, this, here's the, now here, wait a minute, but this is a modern day, this is a modern day quantifiable in modern terms place for reparations. Yes. Well, first of all, uh, get it, those it, people it, out it, now. Get them out well, of jail. Now, get, first of all, get them out. Absolutely get them out. But second of all, we know who they are. There are there are anybody that holds, you know, that, that that can prove that they were in jail for a marijuana related or sentenced to a prison term for a marijuana, you know, related crime, which is now not only legal but people are making money off of it. They we want we want reparations, you know, in sort of the same amount that you quantify um, what, what that car accident cost you for the rest of your life. And it won't happen, of course. It won't happen. As we speak, they're still rotting in jail. There are a lot of efforts now. God, the ACLU is is spearheading a huge thing to just get half the people in jail now out, literally in a few years' time. Get them out! They are in there for things that now John and Boehner is getting rich doing. If black guys do it on the corner, they get put away for life. If John Boehner and white capitalists do it, <laughs> they get rich.
it makes my head explode. It really does. Can't bear it. Jesus. They have no shame. They don't, it's just, (laughs) oh, sorry. All right, well, Susan, you mentioned um, Ilhan Omar, uh, you know, growing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is. I'm glad you agree with me. Absolutely. Because uh, here, it's I, I've seen a lot of good things written about it. I thought I thought Michelle Goldberg in today's uh, Times did a really good job. First of all, with what you said about shut the hell up, you Republicans on this. But Susan, you understand that the Republicans and Russian bots are going to be using uh, this kind of division about Israel to divide oh, yeah. the Democratic yeah, yeah. Party. I know. This is what I know. They we see can't let this happen. Of, yeah, right. So Goldberg reminds us of recent history. You remember when uh, bombs, mail bombs showed up in George Soros's uh, mailbox. Yeah, and all yeah. and a bunch of other people's mailboxes. Another one was at uh, other uh, billionaire Steyer, who's trying to impeach the president. Uh, Michael Bloomberg apparently got one as well. And Kevin, after that, that Kevin McCarthy, who's the guy who called out Omar who was also the minority leader now of the Republicans in the House. Kevin McCarthy tweeted after the mail bombs, we cannot allow Soros, Steyer, and Bloomberg to buy this election. The three men he mentioned are all Jews. He was talking about rich Jews buying the election. And, um, yeah, uh, and this is the guy who called out Omar, (laughs) saying it's all about the Benjamins, baby. (laughs) I think McCarthy, (laughs) will somebody please explain? So, So here's what Goldberg says. So it's a bit, it was a bit rich when last week McCarthy posed as the indignant defender of Jews, threatening to force congressional action against Omar for criticism of Israel. When he said exactly the same thing. He's engaging in the exact same code. The exact same so code. So, you know, know and, 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 and if people don't believe in code, they're just blind and deaf. Well, one of the things, I mean, and she so clearly is so young and has, you know, been schooled in this anti-Semitic stuff. She doesn't even know it's anti-Semitic. No. I I agree with you. I've I've thought that from the very beginning because because she always reacted with such shock, like, Oh no! Yeah, that's what that means. I didn't. I didn't. That's not can we what re- I was trying can we rem- to. Can we remind ourselves where she comes from? It started her first. Her first com. Yeah, she comes.
Somalia. Somalia. Right? She was a refugee in Somalia. She is an extraordinary young woman to have come from that as a refugee from the United States. I don't know how old she is. She looks like she's 12 um, and has risen to the Congress of the United States. But obviously, she her education has holes in it. Um, she herself has and, been and subjected Lynn, and to... And Lynn, honestly, one of, the, one of the reasons that I am willing to understand this is because of where we grew up. Yeah, that, exactly. That we, we understand what ignorance looks like. Right. And you don't get and I, angry. If I, hated, if I hated everyone that was just knee-jerk anti-Semitic in the town that I grew up in, uh, it would have been a really lonely life. It was the, the, so the task was to introduce yourself and let them meet Jews and see Jews and quietly revise their thinking. Right. Right. Uh, now, the thing is, is that what this is pointing out is something that I have mentioned in passing, and I have a feeling that because the Republicans are going to try to stoke this, division. Um, I think we're going to get to a, a moment where we're going to have to, uh, where the American left is going to have to be called out for its uh, being cozy and providing cover for true anti-Semites. And well, I, I got to say, I think that that moment came like uh, 15 years ago. I've been but, really tired of that. Yeah, I know. Well, wait but a minute. You're, you're a liberal. You're supposed to hate Israel. You know. Uh. It hasn't. No. It, it, so this is going to be ugly. And it's going to be um, really ugly. It's going to be ugly. Well, you know, obviously, the Jewish people have allowed themselves to be too comfortable in what they thought was their acceptance. And uh, it's uncomfortable for us to notice how, I, I think for most Jewish people, to see how unfar we've come and how little things have changed. Well, see, I have the thing, to say, you know what the from thing my is? perspective, my whole life, I'm not surprised. Well, here's the thing. The lefties with their intersectionality, right, where we're all supposed to be there for you, they do not see Jews as a marginalized group. They see Jews as part of the power structure. So Jews are fair game in their book, and yet Jews were part of the power structure in the 1930s in Germany. It can turn right. like that for Jews. And the left's blindness to what they're playing with in their refusal to acknowledge Jews who they think are all rich, their failure to acknowledge Jews as a marginalized group, they don't see it. And I understand why. I understand why we're disproportionately represented in a lot of high-profile things because, I don't know, because we work hard. I don't know. It's also why people hate us. I don't know. 
but the left oh, it's anti-Semitism. It says the so left in the Bible. We're the chosen people. The left traffics in it. <laughs> the right traffics in it. And that's where those two come together quite a bit. Um, and the uptick in anti-Semitism is coming more now from the left of the political spectrum than from the right. And trust me, Jews know. Jews pay attention. I saw a tweet today that somebody said, you know, if a black person tells you that's racist, you think, oh. If, uh, if a gay person says, you know, that's homophobic, you think, oh. I. If a Jew tells you it's anti-Semitic, you say, what? You don't know it. Trust the people who are in these groups to know the dog whistles. Okay. Our lives but I have depended on something. it. I agree with you. Our lives agree, and, and trust us to know the dog whistles. But when you, when if a black person says that's racist, then what they what they hear immediately is stop playing the race card. So we aren't the only group whose complaints get dismissed. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. As a matter of fact, I had a lefty friend say to me, uh, clearly uh, annoyed, like enough already. Right, right. Shut the F up, you Jews. Right. We're sick of it. It's quite clear. Damned if you do, stay silent. Speak up. You're fucked. Either way. We have a caller. Hello, caller. Uh, I'm not one to disappoint, so... Um, <laughs> by, by the way, I agree with everything that you just said. Yeah. <laughs> and I, the reason why I was calling was because of... Um, uh, Representative Omar, uh, yes. and, and my ignorance back in the late 80s when um, Jesse Jackson used the term Heimetown. Yeah. I had never heard that before. I never, never heard used it, but I had heard never heard it before. But when people said it was anti Semitic, I went, oh. <laughs> you know, because, you know, I care. Yeah, you accepted <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I, I yeah. listen right. to the group, and, you know, and, right. um, yeah, so I remember when I, because, I, you know, as a kid, and I watched Leave at the Beaver, and I used the word gypped all the time. Me too. God, that I was when I didn't gypped. realize and, An Indian giver. Those were things. That's another one. <laughs> right. That I, had, that I had no clue, you know, but as soon as I found out, I changed. Right. <laughs> you know. You know, it was politically yeah, sure. correct before it was even a terminology. <laughs> yeah. and, and the people, and, and like I said, you just continue to fight. I have to uh, correct people when using the dog, you know, uh, Jewish dog whistles, but they have no clue. That's right. <laughs> and of right. course, I and of course I get the the um, the thing. Oh, you're too politically correct. I'm like, uh, uh, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> if you if you need to keep saying these things, you know the whole you know Jew me down, Jew them down, and all that kind right, of right, right, right. That's the most common yeah. one. Yeah, and but the um, the thing about uh, the Jewish people being overrepresented, I always tell people it's their culture. <laughs> so yeah. actually admire it, you know, yeah. you know, especially with the sciences and the philosophies and you know all that stuff. It's like <laughs> it seems like everybody that I admire just happens to be Jewish. <laughs> you know, when it comes to the sciences and the philosophies. Mm-hmm. And if nope, if people don't understand that, you know, at one point, Jewish culture in Germany was up there, all you got to do is say Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's all you have to say. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, and so you, yeah, so anyway, that's yep. all I have to say. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank I'm you. I'm looking at the clock this time. I'm smart. Okay, okay. Good. Yeah, good for bye. you. You got okay. him right under the wire. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, bye. You're welcome. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, Susan, I mean, you're right. Yeah. I'm loath to, you know, the Anti-Defamation League comes out with a statement. This one comes out, and I think, and I just cringe because I think, oh, yeah, just looked at as, oh, you Jews, shut up. I don't know. I'm feeling very, I don't know. I don't know. can't believe it. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, it's very unpleasant, but it, part of me, honest to God, part of me is relieved that the rest of the world's, of the America's Jews that have lived in communities with large Jewish populations, so they have felt insulated from routine anti-Semitism. Uh, um, and and instead of the way I've lived, which has always been a Jew among non-Jews, and I've never been isolated from it. I know it has existed um, in polite society right out there, unabated through my whole life. Right. And so I, part I've of me always, is relieved that well, everybody else knows it too. That's always true, you know. And I've always said to big city Jews. <laughs> Uh, you guys don't have a frigging clue. Uh, we are the tiniest of people. You think there's Jews all over the place. You think you're... We are like this. You can go for hundreds of millions of miles all over the place. There's an old Jew, maybe one. There's a Jew here, there's a Jew over there. There And Americans, most Americans live... Uh, many Americans live, and they never—they don't know Jews. They don't know blacks. And prejudice loves to grow where you're not known. Anyway, yeah, something—something something is. It's just amazing. As the last Holocaust survivors die out, this is coming back. It's beyond belief yeah. to me. Unbelievable. Okay. Susan, thank you. You're welcome. I'll see, see you soon. I'll, I'll see you Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Would you send will, me your I flight will. info? And I stuff? will. I will. Okay. Thank you. Because it'd be bye, nice if bye. you meet my plane and stuff. Okay. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. Thank you. And um, okay, for the rest of you, I'll um, see you uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Bye. Try to be more upbeat too. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.